Welcome to Revolution Podcast, a place where we discuss the Bible, culture, faith, and why it matters for you. I'm Quinn, and this is my co-host, Chase. And if you're looking for a podcast that explores the revolutionizing power of Christ in your life, then this is the show for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Revolution Podcast. Me and Quinn are here. We are hyped. We are ready to go. But before we get into the meat of this episode, Quinn, I've got a question for you. And yeah. I'll answer it first just to help you out. Okay. It's kind of a new year, right? We're a week or so into the new year. What is the biggest way you grew in 2023? Hmm. Okay. I'm going to answer first. Yep. I started eating salad. Oh, January is... of 2023, I wouldn't touch salad. Maybe no, fruit salad. No, you wouldn't. Even then, no. Okay. At the end, now going into 2024, I ate a Caesar salad the other day and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I, I paused, like I was like shoveling it in and then I paused and I was like, I'm a new man. Yeah. This is crazy. This is like, this is, this is big <laughs> stuff. I am not only eating salad, I'm enjoying it. I wow. wanted this. There was chicken in the Caesar salad. Oh, chicken. okay. But still, I'm, anyways, I was eating the whole shebang. So well, biggest growth for me. What about you? Even, even just to like let our, our listeners know, just a little, a little you don't, uh, you don't background of this. It's, it's actually quite funny. So Chase used to come over to uh, my house for you, dinner mm, and we would do band practice. We'd do band practice, yeah. And at first when he started coming over, my mom was like, Chase, do you want, do you eat salad or vegetables? Everybody eats salad apparently. Yeah, everybody, but. You until now. Who knew? Not all salad, just Oh, stuff. just Caesar? Caesar. I like a little bit of Italian dressing on some stuff, but okay. I'm not crazy. But I'm getting there with the like other ones. Like Greek salad? Uh, I'm, get, I'm, I'm approaching Greek salad. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Anyways, my mom would ask Chase, do you like salad or do you prefer vegetables? He's like, no, I don't really eat salad. And so every single time Chase was- Just being honest. Yeah. And my mom, she appreciated that. Oh, she was so sweet though. Yeah. Then she started, and then she would cut up vegetables every she single just time. Made fresh, she just did fresh vegetables for me. No salad when Chase was over. Oh, she was very nice. Yeah, cookies lots of the time though. Oh yeah, which is much better than salad. I'm not a very adventurous when it comes to food. Sure. Like if I see something that doesn't look good, you're not going for. I it. don't even touch it. Right. So at school there was salad, and yeah. the salad dressing was like this yellowish stuff with like a little green stuff. And I was like, no, thank you. This does not look good. So no. like they brought it out the first day and everybody tried it. Like, oh, the salad dressing is so good. I was like, okay, okay, no, not no. going to do that. No. And then about two months in out of the three, min- three month school, yeah. I was like, you know what? There wasn't much for dinner. So I was like, I'll, I'll try the salad. Yeah. And I tried it with the dressing. Yeah. And it changed my life. Really? I was like, this is actually really good it's stuff. good. Yeah, I did like- that with some some vinegar and some salt and i was like say less okay all right anyways we've got an episode today quite yes what are we talking about today we are talking about what does it mean to have christ in us oh why do we want to talk about that i don't know to be honest no um i was like oh no no i think a lot of us think like oh we say i invited jesus into my heart when mm. you're really little sure. or um yeah, Christ has just always been with me, sometimes we'll say. And right. it's like, okay, cool. What does it actually mean to have Christ in us? Right. What does it mean to have quite Christ dwelling in us? Sorry, yeah. I almost said Christ. <laughs> We're going to keep going before the jokes start happening. Um, yeah. What does it mean to have Christ dwelling in us? Yeah. So I think 
before the show, we were talking about Revelation 3.20. 3.20, yeah. Um, which says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Whoever hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. Yeah. I think that's just a, a good illustration. It's like Christ is, God is saying, I want to I wanna be with you. I want to dwell in your heart. We have the opportunity to say yes. Mm. It's, it's a free gift. Um, and so when we accept that, then the Holy Spirit is dwelling in us. We have received justification. Mm. We are made right with God. Mm. And then from that, we are to work, not maybe not work out, but we're to live out our sanctification, which is... I have a question there. Um, so this idea, like, I invited Jesus into my heart. You kind of said that in like, you know, like the softer, like, is a bit, like you know, it's a, it seems like a Sunday school kind of thing. Like, you know, when I was six, I invited Jesus into my heart. Um, but then as you were describing, like that kind of comes from Revelation 3, then you, you started getting a bit un-Sunday school in the way you described that. You said it, it means justification and that's a, that's a bigger thing. So I think perhaps what we want to do in, in this is that, you know, this idea of um, Christ in us doesn't just come from that Sunday school idea of I invited Jesus to my heart. It's actually a, a much richer, not that that's not a rich idea, but the Bible um, expounds on that. Not Jesus in my heart, but Christ in me, right? So what mm-hmm. do you think about that? And I think it's, I think it's a much more beautiful thing than some people make it out to be. Sure. Like, in, in what sense? I, in, I accepted Jesus. Yeah. I accept the, the free gift. Yeah. And I've received justification. I made right with God. Right. And it's not because I did anything right or that mm. I'm good. It's because of what Jesus did on the cross. Sure. And that is the best news we can ever have. Can I ask a question there? Um, you said it's it's a helpful idea when you're like just coming to your, when you're newborn in the faith, you could say. Even if you just grew, grew up in the church. Sure. J- just a question there is like presenting the gospel as you just need to accept Jesus into your heart could that potentially undermine the part of the gospel, which is it's not just believe, right? The gospel from the moment Jesus preached it, um, Mark 1, 14 and 15, um, from the moment Jesus preached it and the way all the apostles preached it in Acts is repent and believe. Mm -hmm. Do you think we might miss out on that vital part of the gospel by presenting it in the simplistic, all you need to do, the only thing, just accept Jesus into your heart and everything's fine. Do, Do you think that, cheapens the fact that repentance, this admitting of sin, turning away mm-hmm. from it is also part of that equation. What do you think about that? I mean, if if you say the gospel is just believe and you don't have to repent of your sins, well, then you're just going to keep on sinning because you're not going to understand the weight of your sin. Sure. Because you haven't been told to repent of your sins. For sure. Yeah, 100%. Um, and then also, I mean, j- just the fact that you said there's this great beauty of it's the fact that we don't deserve this gift right mm-hmm. um that comes along with the fact that you actually there's stuff you need to like y- you've been in rebellion against god yeah. because of sin and so it's not just christ in a pretty decent person it's christ in an evil enemy of god how does that work then the cross becomes magnificent because the cross is the way in which you're purified so that christ can be in you mm-hmm. okay so one of the places that we get this phrase of uh, Christ in us is Colossians, right? Colossians 1, 27. Would you mind reading it first? Yeah. So Colossians 1, 27, it says, to them, God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. Paul in the context there is referring specifically to the Gentiles, right? So we need to remember, so 
Christ in us. Christ isn't Jesus' last name, right? His initials aren't JC, despite what some people might try to tell you. Christ is a title, right? Uh, it's mm -hmm. like king. Uh, it, it means king in one sense, but really what it means is Messiah. Okay, so he's saying the Messiah, which is a Jewish idea, all the prophets were for the Jews. He's saying the, the Messiah isn't just for the Jews. The Messiah is for you. So he's mind-bogglingly, Israel was a people of God. Paul is saying, because Jesus came, salvation is now not just for Israel, but for the whole world. It's for the Gentiles. The Messiah is the Messiah of the world, the Savior. So we're called Jesus the Savior of the world, right? Yeah. In Ephesians, he expands on that idea a little bit. He's saying something similar. He's saying, this mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, the promise, mm -hmm. uh, members of the same body, partakers of the promised in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Okay, so then he talks about the gospel. And when he says he's preaching the gospel, he says he's preaching to the Gentiles. This is, this, this is how he describes the gospel. The unsearchable riches of Christ. Okay, so there's something that this gospel, this good news is that you can be rich and it's you're, you're rich by partaking in the riches that Jesus already has. Okay, so when we think about Christ in us, we should think about the riches of Christ in us. Okay, so in some sense, mm -hmm. every believer is rich with the riches of Christ. Okay, but hold up. That's just as confusing as Christ. Like, what does that mean? And what, how does Christ make me rich? All right, so we, if we don't have to go very far, if we keep going in Ephesians just a little bit, um, beginning in 3 verse 16, that according to the riches of God's glory, his glory, okay, so this is important, and according to the riches of his glory, same thing, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So the riches is the great wealth or amount or vastness of God's glory. That's the riches of Christ, his great glory. If you go to John 17, the high priestly prayer, you'll see Jesus talking about the glory him and the Father shared before the creation of the world. So there's this great glory mm -hmm. in God. That's the riches. Okay, but why should we care about that? Well, because that the riches of that glory, by that glory, God grants a strength in our inner being by his spirit. So the Holy Spirit comes and strengthens us in some way, right? He gives us some, what, what's a strength, right? It's an ability, mm -hmm. right? He gives us, he awakens us in some sense, um, ableizes us, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of that idea. Paul continued, we're, this is still like, we're still kind of struggling. What does this all mean though, right? We're kind of tracking with his ideas, but he hasn't reached a conclusion. Okay, strengthened with power through his spirit in your be inner being. Here's the reason. He says, so that, verse 17, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. So that's Christ in us. Okay, mm -hmm. so the great riches of God's glory by the Holy Spirit strengthens us. I would say that's conversion, right? Mm -hmm. Conversion, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that tells us that conversion is this strengthening of ourselves by the, so the Spirit converts us. That's interesting. We can talk about that sometime. The Spirit converts us and then Christ is in us through faith. And that tells us it's through faith. Mm -hmm. It happens through faith. And then here's a parallel statement. So it says, his spirit strengthens you in your inner being. He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And then he says this, so that you may have strength to comprehend with all the saints. So if you're going to comprehend something, you're going to have a vital, physical, personal experience of it. May have strength to comprehend with all the saints. So that's every Christian gets this, all the saints. What is the breadth and length and height and depth 
and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. That's a really interesting phrase. Um, all those measurements, breadth, length, height, and depth, that means he says, you're going you're gonna to get the grasp of it. You're going to feel all of it. But then he says, and, and then he says, and to know. So you're going to have a knowledge of the love of Christ and a feeling and a sense of it. But then he says, it surpasses knowledge. So Christ in us means the love of Christ towards us and the love of God because Christ loves the Father. So we're going to have, we're going to be loved by God and we're going to love God in such a tangible, amazing way that we're going to feel it. And yet we're never going to stop getting more of it because it's beyond knowledge. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying there. And then this, then this is the last one. Strengthen in your inner spirit, uh, sorry, sorry, strengthen in your inner being through his spirit. One, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Two, so that you may, I'll, I'll summarize it, so that you may comprehend and never stop comprehending the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. And three, end of verse 19, so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So Christ in me is to be loved and to love God in such an amazing, tangible, experiential, ever-expanding way that I am filled with all the... Imagine how full, like when he says full, he doesn't mean like full of food or drink. Mm -hmm. It means full of delight, right? Mm -hmm. Full of meaning, full of, what do yep. you say? Riches of what? Glory. God's full of the riches of his glory. The glory is the manifest beauty of himself. Mm -hmm. He says, you're going to be filled. You are going to, what, what does the psalmist say? My cup overflows. Remember that? Mm -hmm. You're going to be filled with all the fullness of God because by the Holy Spirit, through your faith, that's why we say we need to accept Jesus into our heart. You need to have faith. Mm -hmm. Christ comes to dwell in you. Let's pause there for a second. When he says that, he means that in the sense of the Holy Spirit in us, right? Because Jesus lives in heaven. Let's make that clear. Jesus lives in heaven right now because he still has a body. And he will live in heaven until he comes again, right? But the Holy Spirit, I, I, I apologize, I don't know the reference, but it's called the Spirit of Christ, right? So the Holy Spirit in us is God in us. And that is going to allow us to love God because Romans 3, nobody loves God. It's going to allow us to love our creator and to be loved by him. John 15 says, the father is going to love you the way he's loved me. Just crazy, right? The idea of God loving us the way he loved his perfect son, even though we're sinners, that's crazy. But we're going to be able to love God and to be loved by him in such a way that it fills us with such delight that it never ends. It's beyond knowledge. Mm -hmm. Which has so many implications, right? Like, and maybe may you can jump in here, but there's this thought of how should we live if we know that Christ in us fills us with all fullness? If that's the epitome, the highest height, the highest mountaintop of delight and happiness and joy is Christ in us. Mm -hmm. How should that inform the way we live? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and I think even like before we get there, I think it's also like when, when we have Christ in us, it also, we also need to take a look at what, what we then become because we were we were enemies yeah. of God before, yes. Yes. but now since conversion and coming to Christ, it says in Galatians three twenty three, and then you go to chapter four. It says, "Now before faith came, we were held captive under the law, imprisoned until the coming of faith would be revealed." Yeah. Um, and then in verse in chapter four, verse four to seven, it says, "But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of woman, born under the law, 
to redeem those who are under the law so that we might receive as adoptions of sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Yeah. So you are no, no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. It's crazy, isn't it? That is like one of my favorite passages. It's, it's mind boggling. Like I, we had a, a speaker speak on Galatians yeah. and he put that out and just the Abba, Father yeah. implication as well. It's, it's so incredible because that's the words that Jesus uses yes. in, in the garden. And it's just like, man, we can say that too. We can cry out to our heavenly father like Jesus did. And it's when we, when we come to Christ, um, it says, it's like God looks down on us. And he says in Mark 1 14, he says, you are my beloved son with you. I am well pleased. Yes. And that, that's how God looks at us when we come to him saying, Abba father, I have nothing left. I, I am broken. And so also to look at this Galatians and say, we were once a slave to mm-hmm, sin. Mm-hmm. We were a slave to everything that we were doing. We were, but now we have received adoption. Yeah. Like I said before, not that we earned it, not that we did anything right, yeah. but that Jesus did everything perfectly and died for us. Mm-hmm. And now he has risen yeah. and he sent his spirit. Yeah. Spirit of his son. Remember, spirit see Galatians of his son. That, right? That's the spirit yeah. put in his name. It's the spirit of Jesus. Yeah. Right? Continue. And now we get to live in the fullness of Christ. We get to live with the freedom, knowing that we are no longer held by sin, but we can now live in freedom with Christ. Okay. So we're, we're talking a lot about the effects of Christ's sins, right? This is what Christ, this is now when we have Christ's sins, this is what it does. It gets us adoption. It means we have comfort, love, be loved, to love, all this. Um, like, I mean, that's like, that is that's the goal of not just us, but the universe is, mm-hmm. is all of that, right? But how do you get there, right? Because, you know, we, we can say, well, you have to accept Jesus into your heart because then he's there. But it's like, I'm sure there are lots of Christians who are, you know, like I've done that. Like you, you use the word justification, which is a one-time thing that happens at the beginning of your relationship with God, right? It's one and done deal. Mm-hmm. I've I've done that. I've been converted. I've accepted Jesus into my Christ is, should be in me, but I don't have the light or satisfaction or I don't feel like a son. I don't feel, I've got none of this stuff. How does one go about experiencing the benefits of Christ's death? Because Christ, he said, I've come to give my life as a ransom for many. Mm -hmm. I've come to serve, right? So he, he, he came to get it, to give us something. So it is correct to enjoy what he's done. And in fact, the fact that we can enjoy what he's done is a sign that mm-hmm. we're his. But yeah, if somebody's not enjoying that, how do they get there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've been there too. Mm-hmm. Like I've been like doing my Bible reading and doing my prayer time. And I was like, man, I do not feel fulfilled. Right. I feel if anything more empty because I didn't feel like I got anything out of it. Right. Right. Um, uh, just to add on to that, I would say if we go to John 15, four, Jesus says it very clearly. He says, abide in me, or you could, you can hear the implied it. If you abide in me, or should you abide in me and I in you, or I will in you abide in me and I in you. Mm-hmm. That's the correct relationship. Christ in us, but also us in Christ. Those two things aren't separate. They're not the same, but they go together. Right. And that's why you would say you have a relationship with Jesus, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's this reciprocal, 
him and me, I and him. There's some sort of meshing. Um, that's why we're called the body of Christ, because we're, it's such a close unity that you become one. And so in me, I in you, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So I would say the key to experiencing the great joys and fulfillment and satisfaction of Christ in me and to pursue that, the way you pursue that and those benefits is by being in him, by, to use John's language here, abiding in him. Mm -hmm. So then the obvious question after that is, well, how on earth do I abide in Christ? What does that even mean? And so I think there's a few points we can talk about here. That, I mean, the easiest one is just to go down a few verses in the same speech by mm -hmm. Jesus where he says, if you keep, this is John 15, not, uh, 10, sorry. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his. And so Jesus isn't saying that in a legalistic sort of way, right? Where you, mm -hmm. you have to earn God's love or his love for that matter. What he is saying, and you can think about the, the Lord's prayer from Matthew, um, what's the constant in that prayer? Forgive us our debts, right? Jesus is saying, if you sin, that's going to hurt your relationship with me. Mm -hmm. But if you keep my commandments, you're going to be, you're going to feel so much closer to my love because you're going to get to experience it because sinning is turning away from the love of God. That, mm -hmm. That's what it is, right? It's saying, I, I value something more. But if you don't sin and you value God's love highest and you pursue that by obeying his commandments, then you're going to experience that love most tangibly. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I think it also looks like you can't have, in, in your heart, you can't have Christ plus, mm. right? I can't have Christ plus um, my family. Sure. I can't have Christ plus money, love of money or yeah. greed. You can have good things that you enjoy, yeah. but is, is your heart centered on Christ? Is, I heard it, we, we were doing fight night uh, with the guys. Absolutely do. And they did a little sermon yeah. in the middle. And he said, is your reason for living Christ? Mm. And, and I think that that can also kind of tie into this is, is what I'm doing for Christ right. is, are my actions actually showing that I am trying to pursue Christ? Yeah. And, it, and I wrestled with that. Yeah. I wrestled with that a lot because I was like, I would like to say yes. And oftentimes it came down to a question of, I want to know when my reason for living is Christ. Yeah. Because I have Christ in me, but I don't feel like I've done enough. Yeah. Right. And so, so often we can get caught in that legalistic piece, mm. which I don't think it's right to get caught in this super duper legalistic mind frame, mm -hmm. but just saying, are we working out and are we living for Christ mm -hmm. in ways that we have talked about? Yeah. Like the stuff in Ephesians. Yeah. Because if your heart is set in that way, then I would say, yes, yeah. you, you do have Christ in you. And yeah, and you also just got to take a look at where your heart is at. Mm -hmm. Take a look at, is Christ the only thing that captures me completely, wholly, 100%. Absolutely. On that idea of um, speaking to things you can enjoy, the psalmist says, I have no pleasure on earth except you. So, well, I, I have friends and I enjoy food and I like walking outside in the creation you made. What, what do you mean? I have yeah. no other pleasure but you. Jonathan Edwards describes it this way. He says, or maybe it's C.S. Lewis. Ah, oh, shoot, I'm mixing them. A great thinker said it like this. He says, it is good to delight in those things. 
only the way you would delight in a sunbeam so much as it comes down from the sun. Mm -hmm. You don't delight in a sunbeam for itself. You love it because of how it's connected to the sun. And that's the way we're supposed to love the things in our lives, right? So just, you know, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be separated, right? Yeah. You should enjoy your relationships because God has given them to you, right? Mm -hmm. Anyways, just to add a little bit to that, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20, don't you know that you are not your own, but you were bought at a price. You are God's. You belong. If you're a believer, if Christ, to use our phrase, if Christ is in you, like you're his. Mm -hmm. You don't belong to, like you're not your own anymore. Mm -hmm. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. That is way more value. It's Christ's life bought you. Mm -hmm. So now you're his. And so you should live like you're his. You should live trying really to be, you're trying to, mm -hmm. what is it? Transform, this is Second Corinthians, transformed from one degree of glory to the next. What's the glory of God? Is there any imperfection in that? There's no shadow in me, says the Lord, right? There's no shadow. There is no darkness. There is no sin. There's no iniquity within my spirit. God's glory is perfect. In fact, it's so perfect that when Moses said, I want to see your glory, God said, you can't. It's so perfect. You would die if you saw it. Mm -hmm. Nobody can look at my glory and live. We're being transformed into that glory, which means we cannot we can't, we can't tolerate imperfection in our lives. That doesn't mean we should like, you know, drive ourselves crazy over it because there's a lot of context to that statement. But the idea is that you should be relentlessly pursuing uh, uh, the highest because you have a high calling. So you need mm -hmm. to live out that calling well. And that's the question that we need to ask ourselves as well. If Christ is truly in us, is everything that we're doing for the gospel? 100%. Um, and the psalmist says it in Psalm 84, he says, for a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. Yeah. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tens of wickedness. Yes. And I think that should be our desire. We should want to just spend more time with God. Yeah. I am not saying I am perfect in that. Mm -hmm. Literally all I do is sit at home and read my Bible because that is not the reality, but is Christ on our heart because yeah. Christ, because God has had his heart set on us for a long, long time. Yeah. He has had his, his heart has been set on saving us for a long, long time. For and forever. Yeah. yeah. Ephesians 1. So yeah. I think if Christ's heart is for us, yeah. our, is our, we need to ask ourselves, and I need to ask myself this, mm -hmm. is my heart for God as well? For sure. A few more things to add there, then I'm sure we'll wrap up. Uh, we need to trust in part of abiding in Christ so that he can abide in us is to trust in him to keep us. Mm -hmm. Philippians 1, 6, for I am confident in this, that he who began a good work and you will bring it to completion. Look at chapter 3, verse 12 of the same book. Paul pursues the race ahead of him. He runs it because Jesus has made him his, right? Mm -hmm. So in the hard moments, we need to trust that Jesus will bring us home. And that gives us peace, right? That mm -hmm. lets us experience the peace of Christ. John 15, 12, you know, uh, Jesus had said, uh, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. He gets very specific. This is my commandment to love one another the way I have loved you. Mm -hmm. It's worth taking 10 minutes out of your day to meditate on what it means to love somebody the way Christ has loved you. Mm -hmm. That's really big. And finally, in Colossians, what does it say? Christ in you, the hope of glory. First John 3 verse 2, when he appears, we will be like him. Romans 8, we're co-heirs with Christ mm -hmm. of glory. So 
in the ups and downs in life, in the ebbing and flowing of how we feel God with us, we can look to Christ and know that when he finally comes, this is why, this is why the church prays so much, come Jesus, like mm-hmm. Lord Jesus come. The reason we pray that so much is because when he does come, then we're glorified. We're going to be finally with him, like face to face, fully known, and we will know fully. And like that, so when we say Christ, the hope of glory, reflecting on that hope of glory and living each day with that set before, like take five minutes out of your morning, reflect on that, live with that lens in front of you, right? Make that kind of like, like uh, shaded glasses that you see the world with this hope of glory and that lets you abide in christ and then christ in you because you can see how that would cause you to feel god's love more tangibly right Mm -hmm. so by you doing that you abide in him he abides in you and it becomes this relationship okay end the show very brief how like one or two sentences somebody says what does it mean for like christ to be in me Mm -hmm. what's your answer yeah, it means that firstly, you recognize your sin, yeah. recognize your shortcomings, yeah. and also recognize the free gift that Christ has set out for us, that we don't deserve his love, but that we can accept this free gift and now we can live in Christ and Christ in us. And we can live in that free gift right. and live with Christ forever. Yeah, that's good. How about you? Christ in me means that God has united me because Corinthians says, God has made us in him. God has united me to somebody, Jesus, who is so unshakable in his purpose, so set on what he wants to accomplish, so loving in his affections. God has united me to that person. And I get to live that way. I get to live with somebody who loves me so much. I get to live knowing that whatever happens in my day, I'm united to somebody who never shakes, never fails, and never gives up. So it's hope. For me, Christ in me is the hope I need to get through awful days. Christ in me is the hope I share with people who have gone through tragedy. Christ in me is the hope of the world. Mm-hmm. And it's the one hope the church can offer. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, we'll wrap it up. Uh, yeah, um, honestly, we would love if you guys left a review of the show helps us if this helpful, oh, if this episode would be helpful to somebody, you know, send it off to them. Uh, we love to spread this ministry that God has given us. So we'll be back here next week as we always are. I'll see you guys later. See ya.